This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the TVU Podcast. I'm Dustin and BJ and Scott are with me this week. And um, you may have noticed that last week we didn't have an episode. Um, we're probably periodically, at least through the rest of the summer, going to have a week off here or there if we don't have any big topics. Just because between vacations and such and news just being a little bit light... Um, it, it's not always super easy to come up with uh, a, a really good topic to discuss, at least not not on the fly. Um, there are plenty of topics that we've discussed about doing that just take a little bit more preparation and things like that. And the summer months typically are a little bit harder to, to do that prep time or to have that prep time. So this week, we are going to be talking about the the biggest news out there right now. Now, actually, we're going to save that big news that uh, just happened today with uh, the bot attack. Um, I'm, I'm dubbing it the Zack Snyder cut conspiracy, as uh, the future episode will be called. But uh, we're going to dive well into that next week, um, probably as long as there's not a whole lot of news from San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, one way or the other, we'll be talking about the Zack Snyder conspiracy stuff. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll you'll find out very soon if you haven't. Probably before you actually hear our podcast. But if not, hey, wait for that podcast and it'll happen. But pri- prior to the, uh, I guess, breaking news of, not really breaking news, but the news article that posted specifically today as we're recording this, we had planned on doing a specific episode related to kind of an update on the comics world. Um, for those of you who are who are longtime TBU listeners, you probably are well aware that we have a TBU comic podcast. They do a great job of reviewing books all the time. Um, all of the books that come out on a normal basis, they cover on that podcast. The podcast is extremely successful and I used to be part of it, um, but I left that podcast to come over to this podcast because I wanted to discuss other things other than comics. But that doesn't mean that I don't like discussing comics and I don't keep up with what's going on in the world of comics. And July July marks an interesting month for at least the main Batman titles because both Batman and Detective Comics are getting new creative teams as the previous creative teams wrap up their runs last month in June. And then on top of that, we've got some other books that have wrapped up, pretty big books that have wrapped up as well here in the past month. So I want to kind of talk about 
kind of, let's just call this summer 2022 um, comics update or bat, bat comics update or something like that. I'm sure whatever it ends up being will be in the title of the episode. But I wanted to kind of talk about the the last couple of years as a whole. Um, specifically, going back to the beginning of 2020, Tom King wrapped up his run on Batman with issue number 85, and then Tining came on, James Tining came on the following month uh, with issue 86. Now, he had a pretty pretty long run, but it was abruptly cut short because he was leaving DC Comics to go do some creator-owned stuff, and he stayed on until November of 2021, even though he had had plenty of other things that he had at least conceived and came up with the idea of how to continue his run, but that's just what happened. Uh, taking his place was Joshua Williamson, who took over the title, but really wasn't, um, how do I put this in the, in the kindest way possible? He really wasn't uh, marketed as like the brand new Bat writer in any way. It was more of like, a, he's coming on the book and that's that and he's going to be doing a story. Williamson is a pretty big writer. He's been, he's He's been involved in a lot of other stuff, but he's kind of like one of those guys where... And, I, and this is going to come across probably not so great, but he's one of those writers where he's involved in a lot of different things, but nothing is, you know, super high selling or super highly sought after, in my opinion. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody. I, I think that's accurate. I think he's a good pitch hitter to bring in when you need somebody who you know will do, like, who can, who can on a short notice, do, like, a halfway decent job, like, carrying the torch. And, like, obviously people's opinions vary on, like, his work, but, you know, I I feel like there are far worse, you know, things you can do. I think Joshua Williamson is a perfectly fine writer to bring on when you're in an interim. Yeah, he was in there to uh, keep the seat warm and uh, wait for uh, the next guy to come. Exactly, and and it, and I'm not saying that in the sense of you know I don't want to I don't want my words to be misconstrued um, by the listeners and and say that oh well you you just don't like Williamson. It's not that I don't like him. He's he's a good writer. He, I I would honestly um, I would categorize him in the same category as Peter Tomasi. Peter Tomasi can come on, he can write a solid story, but. It's not something that's going to leave a lasting impression. That's the only thing that I have to say. It's not that it's bad. It's not bad. It's good. It works for what it needs to do, and it and it's not it's not horrible. It's not <laughs> James Robinson on a on a Batman title. That's for sure. Um, but I mean, the thing is, he can come in and he can tell a story, and he's really good about. He's got plenty of ideas and things like that. I just he doesn't. He doesn't have anything, at least in the Bat books, that is, that I'm sitting here thinking to myself, yeah, that was so memorable. I can't wait to see what else he can come up with. It's not that it's bad. It's not bad. So I want to make that clear, but it's just you could tell when he came on the on board and the book was doing whatever it was doing, he had a purpose, which was to come in and write Batman where he wasn't in Gotham City because the main Batman title at the time was taking a back seat to Detective Comics, which was telling an overarching major story that was literally releasing like weekly. 
or was it weekly or was it bi-weekly? I think it, I think it was weekly. Yeah, yeah, it was weekly. 12 issues. That yeah, was a, it was crazy. Three months. It was, yeah. And and the thing is, like, in the in in the large scheme of everything that happened with that, he came on to take Batman out of the picture. That's what he came on to do. And it was basically like they went around the room and said, okay, who do we have um, who can do a Batman? Batman story where he's out of the country and potentially set some things up for the future, but no one's going to hold it against you if you just tell a reasonably good Batman story. And, and he happened to raise his hand, and that's what it comes across as. So he wrapped up his run um, last month in June, and then immediately this month we have a new Bat- Batman writer, um, well, new creative team as a whole. Uh, and Scott, you're currently reviewing Batman, so uh, and I know the first issue you enjoyed. So, what do you think about everything that's going on right now with Batman? It's you know, it's hard to say. I mean, like obviously they have a really strong team. Jorge Jimenez is a fantastic artist. They're bringing back an old favorite that worked with Tynan, and you know his art is you know personally I love his art. I love him when he's especially paired with Tommy Mori. Um, you know, on colors and, you know, the writer they picked is a really good choice too. you know, I've, I didn't, I'm not reading Batman Fortress, but I have read like Chip Zdarsky did a piece in one of the Batman black and white, um, books. And that story was exceptional compared to the rest of, you know, what filled the pages of Batman black and white. But, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, what's going on. The title changed. There's a lot of there's a lot going on. So obviously it sounds like, you know, not only will we have a couple arcs worth of direction, but it seems like there's probably more there. It looks like we're back to um, world building again that we saw with Tynan, you know, whereas, you know, how you mentioned with the Joshua Williamson fill in, um, you know, that was its own international story. And it seemed like it ended up just feeding into another book. That's going to be coming out in a few months, but um, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited. You know, I'm, I'm holding my breath though. You know, and just just to wait and see because like the first issue was great. The second issue, you know, we got coming out soon, and that, um, you know, having the preview was very enjoyable too, and brought some things back. But trying not to get over excited about like references to things I like in other media. Yeah, and the, the thing is, so Chip Zdarsky is obviously the new the new writer, and he. It's interesting because when it, it was first announced that he was coming on to the title, one of the things that I appreciated was the fact that he made some comments online about how he had a lot of ideas, and it really did sound like James Tynan, um, you know, back when he first started his run or before he started his run, and Tynan had a lot of really good ideas. He did a lot. Of, he did a really good job of world building, creating some new villains and new characters, and utilizing characters that have been underutilized over the past, let's say, decade for some of them. Um, he he did a good job with that, and I I appreciated everything that he did. I just despised that he very abruptly left the the title because. He was doing other things, and I understand that the other things he was doing was better for him personally, but it just, when you get somebody who actually understands the characters and actually is utilizing the characters and is actually utilizing the world and creating new elements for the world, 
it's great. It, you know, it's like you're on cloud nine and then all of a sudden something happens and the cloud dissipates and you're falling down and you're wondering what the heck is next. And that's kind of how it felt. And I'm not trying to put that on Tynan. It's, it's obviously DC for also not, you know, figuring out a better plan for what they were doing immediately once they realized he wasn't going to be staying on the book. And their immediate plan was to find a placeholder for basically seven months um, in, in Williamson. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Sadarsky can do. Um, I know that DC has been, you know, marketing the new creative team. Jorge Jimenez is, is great. Um, it is great to see him back on a Batman title. Um, and I, it will be great to see what ends up happening. I also, like you said, I don't want to get too excited about what we're seeing and what what could happen and things like that. But based off of what we've seen so far, things are looking up. So I, I, at least I can be happy about happy for that. Yeah, that first issue was great. Um, the art, like you guys said, was great. I'm happy to see Tim Drake kind of back in Gotham right by Batman's side. That's always good to see. And yeah, Williamson, it felt like um, as he was, his arc was going on, it felt like more was turning into like a backdoor pilot for Batman Inc. And so we got to, that'll, I know that's a series that's coming out soon, right? Like, yeah, September. It's September, yeah. yeah. So. That's what it is with that, and, and yeah, Sadarsky's got the new car smell going right now. But I think I think it should be all right because he wrote that um, that Red Hood story in Batman Urban Legends that I really like that story. So I kind of have high hopes. All right, so then let's jump over to the other main Batman comic, which is Detective Comics. Um, going back just a history lesson, uh, December of 2020, Peter Tomasi wrapped up his run on the title which was pretty long, um, included the uh, Detective Comics number 1027, that special anniversary issue um, that included a bunch of short stories that hinted at other things that were coming, including the um, upcoming creative team that was led by writer uh, Mariko Tomakai. And she came on the, the series and... For a while, it was just like a slow build, slow build, slow build. And then you could see that like everything took off very quickly here. Because as we alluded to or really mentioned earlier, there was a 12-part story arc that, you know, released weekly. And it was great. Um, and it did a lot of interesting things. It cre- It brought back some characters into the mix. It, it, it utilized other elements created some care or use use some villains that haven't been really used in a while and things like that so there was some really good stuff now again her run just wrapped up last month and i i think her run ended i don't know if it ended abruptly or if maybe she just stuck around for a couple extra issues so that way they could have you know fresh creative teams together in batman and detective comics but the last story arc that she did wasn't anywhere near as good as the previous story arc that she had the one with focusing on the riddler it just felt like a place placeholder series or a story arc it didn't really seem like it made sense to be where it was but it was what it was. What did you guys think of Detective Comics by Tamakai? Great overall. Like I the I I did enjoy the bug arc. I can't remember what it was called, but what it was going on during Fear State. But um, you know, Arkham Tower I really I liked because it felt like just a slow burn crime thriller, you know, and a great use of Psycho Pirate. Um 
you know, I just, I loved, you know, this mystery unraveling, you know, each issue and the way it was done just reminded me of just like a great crime thriller movie. And, you know, I don't really count the last three issues she did that, that final arc with Riddler, you know, part of it I see as they needed to have something with Riddler because of the movie. And then, you know, it ended with a connection to Talia, and she's been popping up everywhere lately, you know, in part because of the whole Shadow War event. But I feel like, you know, they're pivoting Talia at DC for something coming up. I know there's that Batman versus Robin series that's coming out either next month or the month after. And, you know, other books are feeding into that, too. So I just see it as she stayed on and, and you know, DC or someone at DC has a direction with certain characters. So she just had to help pivot, you know, characters where they need to be, because they're probably going to be put in use somehow later. And at least there's some setup for whatever it's coming down in a couple months. I liked the uh, shadows of the bat as well. Uh, I thought in the middle, it kind of was spinning its wheels a little, uh, like for the middle part of that arc, but I thought it ended strong. Um, it started strong ended strong. And that's what you want from a good, from a story. Yeah, her last three issues were it was just kind of don't do anything too crazy. Keep everybody where they are. Keep Batman and Gotham, nothing too major. And then, well, thanks for your work. And we're kicking it over to a new team. What's interesting is that when you look at how everything's played out over the last like two and a half years since Tynan. Well, I mean, Tynan took over a little more than two years ago. The the thing that's really interesting about everything that's taken place is that Tynan was like the king of the castle in, in a way where, you know, his stuff was what was kind of like uh, bleeding into the other titles. And then you had, um, when he left, Tamakai immediately took that spot of like what was going on in Detective Comics was bleeding into some of the other titles. And then, you know, but at the, but on the flip side, when Tynion was the the main book and that was the main focus of what was going on, Tamaka had no problem like doing stories that were still good, but didn't have to worry about being the top book. And it was interesting to see kind of the flip of Batman is the is the big focus. And yes, there was obviously stuff that was happening in Detective Comics that led, you know, that that uh, fed into Fear State. But when it came to Detective Comics, Batman took a back uh, back seat when Shadows of the Bat was taking place, and Batman kind of was taking Batman out of Gotham City, doing its own thing away from everything while that that whole story arc was going on. And I think that's interesting because it shows that. You don't have to always have the top title be the main title. That's not to say that Detective Comics didn't do well. I'm sure it did do very well when it comes to sales. Sales numbers, unfortunately, for those of you who've been around for a long period of time, are not as known as uh, as they used as they once used to be because DC does not disclose their sales numbers. And previously, the way you were able to figure out sales numbers was through Diamond Direct or Diamond Distributors, which was doing all of the distribution for comics, and now that is no longer the case since basically the pandemic um, began. Everything has changed, so there's not a real way of getting solid sales numbers month to month, which is unfortunate for those of us who actually pay attention to that stuff. But at the same time, you know the book was doing well 
leading up to the fact that they decided to make it a weekly for 12 straight weeks. So it had to be doing well enough for that. Now, the new the new creative team is led by writer Ram V, who, interestingly, was on Catwoman not that long ago, was doing a great job, in my opinion, on Catwoman, left because he was going to do something else, but it was not Detective Comics, and it was almost as if they somehow lured him back into the fold with Detective Comics, and now he's going to be coming on. Now, his first issue hasn't hit stands. It's not coming out until next week um, or while you're listening to this this coming Tuesday. So it's it, it's hard to gauge exactly what you know what's going to be happening in his book, but I guess based off of everything that you guys have heard or seen, do you feel like this is a placeholder creative team or do you feel like there's actually going to be a relatively decent run with these guys? I think there's going to be a decent run. I mean, Ram V right now is um, at Marvel. He's doing Venom and Carnage and he's got Swamp Thing going on at DC, which is you know, arguably my favorite book at DC right now. So I think he's just one of those like writers that's just really like hot right now, you know, has a really great hot streak. And I feel like, you know, for DC, it's kind of like a, a slam dunk, no brainer, like put him on Batman. He's going to write something Gothic horror inspired. Cause that's kind of his vibe, you know, and, and it's, you know, very eloquent and beautiful at the same time. So I just, to me, I think he's, if not like indefinite, he's going to be here for a while. Yeah, I haven't read anything that he's written, but everything that I've seen on like Twitter and social media, like you said, Scott, it's been a uh, been a slam dunk, and everyone's been uh, on board for it. I've seen like the previews of the covers, and the covers look pretty legit. Yeah, it it is. It should be very interesting to see what happens. I mean, as you said, Scott, he is he is very hot right now, and it would make sense for them to keep him on the title. Um, I know. Most creators who, not necessarily up and coming, because I don't know that he would even classify as an up and coming because he's been around for a while, but writers are gravi- they gravitate towards specific books. And if they can get on specific books and they're offered those titles, they will have no problem figuring out a way to make that work. And I feel as if Detective Comics and Batman are both one of those books where if a creator has the opportunity to get on them, especially somebody who's dabbled in the Bat family with other titles. You know, Ram V, he's worked on Catwoman, like I said earlier. Um, he's worked on Catwoman in the past. He's ha- he's had his hands with certain character on certain characters when it comes to the Bat family. And you know that he... That to, for for certain writers, that is a huge stepping stone. Where it's like, if you can show that you can do a good job on one of the other ones, you might end up on one of the main titles. I mean, that's literally what happened with Tom King. You know, Tom King was originally on Grayson. That's how he came into the Bat family, and then he ended up taking over Batman for a solid three years. So, you know, like there's a lot of there's a lot going on when it comes to the the comics. But it's interesting when you look at the smaller books, you know, the the Robins, the Batgirls, the Nightwings, you can kind of gauge and see which writers could end up becoming a mainstay writer on Batman or Detective Comics just from that. Uh, I think 
it goes without saying, but I, I think that Tom Taylor, it's only a matter of time before he ends up on one of those titles. I think the thing that's holding him back right now is the fact that, one, he really enjoys being a Nightwing. Two, he's got a lot of other projects he's working on right now. Um, I wanted to ask you guys uh, something. Um, the big like DC event right now is Dark Crisis. And do you guys think it's kind of strange how, quote-unquote, the Justice League is dead, but then we still have Batman and all these other books coming out, and there's like no mention, like no, nothing's like a Dark Crisis tie-in, which I'm fine with because I wouldn't want like another story of Batman's dead or anything like that. But you guys think it's kind of strange how there's been like no mention at all? Yeah. I, I don't even know where it fits in or anything. And yeah. Like, at least since it's not even like they don't advertise it. Like, I mean, I've seen dark crisis ads, but they don't advertise it a lot to where like it's, it's not even on my radar. Like I haven't read it. <laughs> the death of the justice league thing. I did not read either. It seems like it's there if you want it, but it has no like relevance. It has no bearing on anything else. Yeah. It's interesting because the, I don't, I don't, if we don't review it on the website, I don't typically follow a lot of those books just because I just don't have the time. And noticing, you know, that's one, this massive event, uh, you know, there's always a massive event, but this massive event that's going on in DC right now is, isn't touching anything that we are reviewing on the website. It's, it's kind of hilarious because I don't know anything about it. There is a, uh, my son who plays Fortnite, he keeps up with all the latest rumors and stuff. And right now, Fortnite is doing a crossover with Marvel, a comic series, just like they did previously with DC. And um, interestingly, there was a some rumored piece of art or something that said Fortnite Dark Crisis. And he was asking me about it. Oh, do you know what this is? And I was like, I know what Dark Crisis is because I've heard it. Uh, it's an event at DC, but I don't know what it, that has to do with Fortnite, or I don't know if it's fake, or I don't know anything because it really isn't dealing with any of the stuff that we we cover here on the website. And you know, sometimes it's it's unfortunate that we don't cover Justice League like we used to. Um, but when you have situations exactly like this, where you have events that are tying into a book like Justice League, but they don't tie into anything else. This just proves the point of as to why we should not be covering this stuff because it's so detached from everything that we, you know, all of the main stuff that we cover here on the website. So um, I guess that that's a good plug where if you think that we should be covering Justice League and such on the website, be sure to uh, get in touch with us, tbu at thebemmingers.net. We're always looking for comic reviewers. You can uh, volunteer your time and review one of those awesome Dark Crisis books or one of Justice League or, I don't know, there's a ton of other stuff that we used to cover that we don't cover anymore just because we just don't have the means to cover all of it. Um or anything else for that matter. If you're interested in covering any other Batman books, there's always other stuff that we're looking to get people to review as well. So just throw that out there. But anyway, um, stepping away from the greater DC universe, I want to go back because there's a couple of big books that have just wrapped up. Um, one of them is Batman Catwoman by Tom King, which is kind of like his swan song for Batman. 
um, because now he's he, he's still in DC. He's still doing other DC projects, but that was the end of his Batman stuff. And I say that knowing full well that he's got a miniseries right now that it, that has Riddler and Catwoman in it um, and Penguin. But that is not necessarily in continuity, but it's arguably Batman Catwoman wasn't necessarily in continuity either. It just depends on how you look at it. So there was that, but then also Tynan just wrapped up Joker, which was his swan song in a way for the Batman universe because he's now off of all bad titles as well. Um, talking about the Joker, I surprisingly I thought that the final issue wrapped up pretty well considering there was a lot of stuff that was going on in that title and we knew there was a cutoff of when Tynion was going to be leaving and while it was delayed the the final issue was delayed and delayed and delayed for like a solid I think three months the the final issue it did a great job of wrapping up that that title very well and i will say i am 100 percent glad they decided to just end the series rather than bringing on somebody else to do another joker story in this in the joker series just because i feel like it just would have not been the place to do it it would have reminded me of like Gotham City Sirens when they decided to go outside the box or Birds of Prey when they started introducing characters that aren't the Birds of Prey to be part of the team and things like that just to make it work so that the series can continue. So I appreciate that. But uh, Scott, I know you reviewed Joker. Well, you reviewed Batman Catwoman too, so we'll get to you on both of those. But um, how did you how did you like the way the Joker wrapped up? I, overall, I really liked it. I, I think that last issue was was definitely needed and like you said it did a really great job wrapping everything up you know i don't want to go into spoiler territory but i feel like you know in ending it the way they did it sets up a lot of different paths or books they can pick up on in the future actually i saw um one of the new characters created in joker i won't say who but um looks like appears in the pages of uh, swords of Azrael that's coming out i think in a couple months so I did see that in the preview, but um, no, I, I liked that the focus of Joker was something that I wasn't expecting. It was a really great um, mash of like spy thriller and like police beat crime noir kind of blended together in a way that, you know, it wasn't perfect. There were things I can nitpick about, and I'm, I, I definitely did in my reviews. But overall, I thought it was really good. Now, Batman Catwoman wrapped up as well. Um, I, mm, It's hard to say. I, I don't think the final issue was bad. I won't say that it was bad. I don't think it wrapped up... It wrapped the, the, the series up, and it felt like it was a finale. There's no doubt about that. But whether or not, like comparing it to like the Joker and how the Joker wrapped up, I feel like the Joker did a better job, which is odd because it, the Joker feels like it's supposed to be taking place in normal continuity, which means there's more to kind of tie up to make it work within the normal continuity. When Batman Catwoman was supposed to be taking place outside of continuity, so you could excuse anything they don't tie up. But I, I don't know what it was about Batman Catwoman. I think it was just... One, the series was extremely drawn out, and I know that wasn't necessarily anybody's immediate fault. I know Clay Mann had 
to take off of a couple of issues, and they de- there was a lot of delays because of that. Um, but in general, I don't think like Batman Catwoman for some people is c- going to be a series that did a great job of achieving what they wanted to, which was getting Batman and Catwoman together and showing that relationship. But I, d- I think overall, I'm kind of I feel let down by the series, and I don't know if it's just because it feels like DC's it was DC's answer to everybody getting everybody not getting the wedding back when Tom King was on the title. Yeah, I think that's fair. And honestly, you know, when you say when you're talking about how you're not quite sure why you felt the way you did about the ending of Batman Catwoman and like Joker is totally different. I think it's because Joker was like surprising and opens up the doors to like different possibilities and Batman Catwoman literally just ends on the one thing that fans were promised like years ago that you know as readers we didn't get and we were kind of given a bait and switch and it was kind of just you know here you can have it now but it's out of continuity and it's not it's not the most interesting thing in the book admittedly like in my opinion i honestly feel like the helena wayne stuff i would rather end on something related to that because i found that a little more you know interesting personally because it's a character we haven't that hasn't been played around with you know a lot and you know tom king and and liam sharp and you know and and clay man were world building a little bit in the helena wayne sections and so you know because the fans want it and because it's expected they go back in time and just end on this marriage you know and to your point it is a long drawn out series and you know it also shows a lot of like in the middle of it got really messy with batman catwoman's relationship like really messy in there (laughs) um to where you know there were times where like you know with it coming out every month or every two months you know it was like well why are they even together like this seems like a terrible relationship but you know it is it is what it is overall i guess i could say i enjoyed it i reviewed it mostly positively but um kind of a mixed bag yeah it did end with a bit of a whimper i remember again to that last page and i was like is my book wrong am i missing pages because it just seems like it just ends like out of nowhere but yeah it seems the tom king he's the king of just um like going telling stories all with time all messed up and he's going flashback i don't know if we're in the present or the future or in the past but i think reading it all like as a collected edition almost will would make it kind of sit easier than kind of i have to remember what i read two months ago things like that you're not wrong there i think that i think we've made this comment or maybe not we but i think in general the comment has been made probably on the comic cast about how Tom King's stories, they're great as a collected story. But as an individual issue, sometimes they're, they leave a lot of want. Like you're wanting something more, you're wanting something else. And, I, you know, like, I, to a degree, I understand why certain writers would write like that. It's just, it's annoying for those of us who are reading the books on a normal monthly basis. Um, I, 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 I don't think that there's a better place to plug, you know, to, to bring this up, but recently there was a comment that I saw, um, 
about Tom King and the death of Alfred. For those of you who are unaware, um, towards the end of City of the Bane, City of Bane, um, Tom King killed off Alfred. Uh, Bane kills Alfred, and Robin is one of the reasons why Robin goes off, and he's not in Gotham for a while because he kind of feels responsible, and. The, also the reason why Batman's kind of like moping around for a while in the at the very beginning of Tynion's run and things like that. So that said, I saw something recently that said Tom King didn't never wanted to kill Alfred. And I don't know if you guys follow comic news when it comes to the Bat books and things like that as extensively as as one could, but there was a point in time before the wedding where Tom King had said that there was something that was going to happen in the books that he pitched to DC and they had to run it all the way up to the top and ask executives at AT&T at the time because this would change the entire like trajectory of Batman going future. It was that big of a change. And then when Alfred died, everyone was like, oh, wow, that was it. And quite honestly, I didn't actually think it was it because it happened so like, I don't know how, like it it happened just abruptly and without any sort of like marketing or like, and not that obviously killing a character needs a lot of marketing or anything like that, but it just kind of abruptly happened and you were just supposed to accept it. And then like, I remember months after Alfred was dead, everyone was like, so what was the big thing that Tom King was going to do? Because at this point, Tom King was coming off of Batman. You're all kind of sitting there thinking like, well, what, what exactly was it? Some people project or predicted that it was going to be uh, Batman that actually does marry Catwoman or, you know, they were going to do something else. Like maybe Batman and Catwoman were going to have a kid or something like that. Something that would actually be like, changing for the character not that the death of alfred isn't life-changing for the character but it happened so abruptly and it was kind of like a throwaway in the issue that for a while i didn't actually think he was dead i figured that he wasn't actually dead and he was going to come back and then it was no he actually is dead um and that was the big thing that i kept talking about now here we are like two you know more than two two years later and i i just saw something recently and i don't remember where it was i saw something recently that said that the tom king's plan was never ever to kill alfred that was something that dc wanted him to do and it made me think to myself well then if that was the case why for like a solid year and a half was tom king telling everybody that he had this massive thing that he was going to do that was going to change you know, the entire continuity of Batman going forward, if it wasn't that, if that wasn't what he wanted to do, and it was DC that wanted to do it. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Admittedly, I kind of like, I know Ian has talked about this a lot in the comic cast, but admittedly, I thought, you know, he was going to kill Alfred, but he had a way to bring him back, and he was going to resurrect him by the end, and I thought that was the thing, and, you know, it was my understanding that you know dc's attitude was just well leave him dead you know and because i also assumed because before that happened you know we had that whole arc where um you know uh thomas wayne you know the flashpoint batman takes you know bruce to that nairn pit or whatever and the whole point of that pit is you trade a life to resurrect a life you know or whatever and so i felt like oh you know once they killed alfred you know right after this arc with this nairn pit 
you know, at the end of the City of Bane, you know, Flashpoint Batman's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I will trade my life for Alfred's, and voila, Alfred's back. You know, and I just kind of assumed that that's what that was going to be, but then, you know, that didn't happen, and the R.I.P., you know, Alfred Pennyworth issue we got some time later, you know, it was just kind of, it felt like rushed and not really, like, well put together, and it just seemed like, you know, there wasn't it seemed like there wasn't a lot of like forethought into this de- death of Alfred to make it impactful, even in the issues themselves of Batman after. Um, I think the best we got was in like a regular Batman title when Tynan was writing it. Um, and not that special. It was just like within the regular pages. But, you know, it just it felt like the way it was treated felt like a company that was just kind of like flying by the seat of their pants. Like, well, how do we, you know, we've readjusted. We're just going to go with this now, make it work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was always so random that they killed Alfred because Batman's not even in Gotham when it happens, right? Like Bane does it in front of Robin, which, which I guess I know Rob Damien and Alfred have a close relationship, but it did kind of seem like real quick, like literally a snap. But um, and I know they like in Robin, they kind of teased a little that Damien was going to try to resurrect Alfred with some Lazarus juice that he's got at Lazarus Island. But then that never went anywhere. So who knows when Alfred's coming back? And then, of course, meanwhile, amongst all of this, we have the Task Force X, which I will say I actually really been enjoying that series. Um, But We'll we'll talk about that in a second, but in that series, they have this Lazarus resin, which is bringing back villains that have recently been killed with the ability to have them be normal, and then as long as they keep taking this resin, which is essentially these little pills with Lazarus, like this small amount of Lazarus pit, juice, whatever, inside of it, it allows them to be alive, and as and as long as they keep taking the pills, they're fine. But as soon as they don't take the pills, then they become like zombie versions of themselves, and they're trying to kill everything. So I really thought that like with all of this stuff that's been happening, you got Lazarus Island, you got Lazarus Resin in Task Force X, you've got uh, you know the 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 moment that you were talking about, Scott, with uh, Flashpoint Batman. There really did feel like there was supposed to be something happening, at, and, and at least one of these things was supposed to be the ability to bring him back. And the fact that now that he's just dead just seems weird because it's not. <sighs> I don't feel like that's something that's. Don't get me wrong. I understand that continuity can, you know, has to change to a degree. Characters have to get older. Characters have to die. But Alfred is like a mainstay where there's no media incarnation within the confines of anything that Warner Brothers is going to create that doesn't have Alfred in it. I'm sorry. So the fact that they're just going to kill off Alfred and then just conveniently not have Alfred around in the comics seems a little weird, except for the fact that they keep releasing a thousand other miniseries that take place outside of continuity, which has Alfred, you know, front and center. So I don't know how that all works, but... I thought they were. I thought in the movie, the Batman. I thought they were going to end up killing Alfred again when uh, he obviously doesn't. But when the bomb goes off, I'm like, damn, they're doing what the comics are doing. Yeah, exactly. All right, so um, to wrap up the episode, I, I do want to just talk about some of the other 
just quick other series to just keep an eye out on. Um, there's a lot of other Batman stuff. I'm not going to mention every single thing. Um, I'm mostly just going to stick to the actual ongoing stuff rather than talking about the all of the actual miniseries because there is a boatload of miniseries that are releasing. But right now, currently, we've got a, a bunch of main comics. Um, we've got... Personally, I think one of the better ones out there is Nightwing. Nightwing's doing great. Um, if you haven't been checking it out, check it out. Uh, there's also Robin, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Batman Urban Legends, Future State, I, or Future State Gotham, I Am Batman, Task Force C, and Batgirls. Now, out of those ongoing series, I will say, personally, Task Force Z, I think, is extremely underrated. I don't think a lot of people have even been checking it out. I've, I've been enjoying it just because I like seeing some of the lesser-used villains, especially villains that one would think are dead and now they're back. Um, I just think it's a, it's a cool premise, and I think they've been doing a good job telling the story. Um, Nightwing's... Mr. Bloom fans... Yeah, I don't. Uh, that's <laughs> I don't get me. Go, I don't want to go there. Um, Nightwing is by far probably the best other or the best series amongst the group of stuff that's coming out. In my opinion, um, it's been pretty consistent with Tom Taylor at the at, you know in the writer chair about not only incorporating elements from Nightwing's past but also incorporating relationships like with Barbara and things like that, things that a lot of fans have really looked forward to seeing but haven't seen in a long time. Um, is there any of the the regular books that you guys are checking out right now that you really are enjoying? Out of those, I'm admittedly I'm not. I, I wanted to stick with Nightwing you know, because I love Tom Taylor. I will read anything he writes. Um, but I just... I know a lot of people like the art. I am not one of those people. It just it doesn't work for me, so I kind of ducked out of Nightwing. And the others, like you know, I read I read everyone's reviews on the site, so <laughs> I kind of have like tabs of what's going on. Task Force Z seems interesting, but also kind of confusing. Um, but yeah, the other ones, you know, I'm not really like a big harley quinn person though i am kind of curious about it just because her turn in the core batman books is in my opinion has made her more interesting yeah out of that list i'm only i've only been reading um nightwing which um yeah that's definitely been the best book that i've been reading and i've been reading robin and i'm not the biggest damien uh fan but i do enjoy him in that book and there's so then Outside of that, like I said, there's a slew of miniseries. And just to give you an idea of some of the miniseries that have been releasing within the last year, we've got Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries, Batman Reptilian, The Joker Presents a Puzzle Box, Batman 89, Pennyworth, Harley Quinn, The Animated Series, Arkham City, The Order of the World, Catwoman, Lonely City, Robin and Batman, Batman the Knight, Batman Killing Time, Batman Beyond the White Knight, Batman Beyond Neo Year, Batman Fortress, Poison Ivy, Batman White Knight Presents Red Hood, uh, Sword of Azrael, Riddler Year One. Some of those are still about to come out. Some of those, the last couple are actually coming out in the next couple months. But that is literally stuff that has been releasing for a while. There's a lot of stuff that comes. And that's not even talking about graphic novels or one-shots that have been releasing or that are coming out as well. There's a ton of that stuff too. There's just a lot of stuff in general when it comes to the Bat Books, which is one of the reasons why 
I mentioned we're always looking for new comic reviewers because there's so much stuff that is actually releasing on a normal basis. So I will say if there is something put aside the fact that obviously I'd, I'd love to recruit more comic reviewers. Um, if there's something out there that you guys are really enjoying that we typically do not review now, like a lot of this stuff that I just mentioned, those mini series, we typically review those as collected, uh, collected stories rather than individual issues, just because the collected story just reads better than the individual issues, in my opinion. So if there's any of those that we don't necessarily give a lot of focus on the website or that the comic cast doesn't talk about a lot, be sure to let us know because it's always something that's, you know, it's good to know what else is going on um, outside of when it's releasing in trade, which is typically when we're reviewing a lot of those books. So let, send us a comment uh, about that or any of the other books that you're reading and let us know what you're enjoying and what you're not enjoying and things like that. So with all that being said, that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, If you are interested in finding out all kinds of news, um, original content, other podcasts, um, all related to Batman, Batman family news, uh, related to movies, TV, merchandise, video games, comics, everything related to the Bat fandom, be sure to check out our website, thebatmanuniverse.net. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We have a Discord. Uh, you can find all of our social links over on our website at the top of the page. You can also send us an email at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. If you are interested in supporting us, just check out our support tbu link over on the website there's all kinds of different ways you can support as simple as uh, clicking on affiliate links before you make purchases at a lot of big retailers or just uh, you can also uh, support us on patreon which does allow you to get uh, early unedited versions of these of, of these podcasts as well as the tbu comic podcast depending on which tier you subscribe to so with all of that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode. For BJ, Scott, and myself, we will see you guys next time.